0: Welcome back to a Clubfoot Mom podcast. I am your host and fellow Clubfoot Mom, Maureen Hoth. On today's episode, I have the pleasure of speaking with Shannon O'Shea. She is an ABC certified prosthetist and orthotist, area clinic manager, and national clinic specialist pediatrics for Hanger Clinic. I first heard Shannon's name at a conference I was presenting at with MD Orthopedics on the parent perspective of clubfoot treatment to a room full of CPOs. I was mentioning the different resources for clubfoot parents and said that I really needed an orthotist to be on the podcast to talk about clubfoot treatment from their perspective. I asked if someone in the room would be willing to and was met with crickets, but several people came up to me after the presentation and mentioned that Shannon would be a great guest. I'm so grateful that she has agreed to be a guest on the podcast to talk about the role the orthotist plays on the club treatment journey. Welcome to the podcast, Shannon. Thanks so much for being here. Oh, thank you for the invite. I'm so excited. I'm so thrilled to have you here because you're the first orthotist. I've been trying for a while to get somebody on. So thank you for being the first and coming on and talking to us today.
1: Well, I much appreciate it.
0: Yeah. Well, let's start with just the basics. Okay. For everybody listening, because there was a time when I didn't know what the acronym CPO stood for, and I didn't know what an orthotist was, and I definitely didn't know what a prosthetist was. So why don't you just run us through a little bit of what CPO, what it is, the differences between the orthotist and prosthetist, and just kind of give us the rundown of what that means.
1: Sure. Uh, I always say to anyone coming into our office, like you don't know about an orthotist or a prosthetist until you have to use us. Uh Um, We are such a small and unique subset of the allied healthcare world. Um, So let me just run through kind of the basic description of what a certified prosthetist orthotist is. So in accordance to our Certification Board, the American Academy of Orthotics and Prosthetics, and ABC, or American Board Certification, Certified Orthotist and or Prosthetist, is a healthcare professional who is specifically educated and trained to manage comprehensive orthotics and or prosthetic patient care. Um, This includes the patient assessment, the formulation of a treatment plan, implementation of the treatment plan, follow-up and practice management. So again, lots of wording there. Okay. <laughs> and an orthotist is someone that specializes in the bracing. Okay. So an orthosis is a fancy name for a brace. So mm. head to toe, we can do a cranial orthosis, sometimes mm. called the cranial or molding helmet. We can do scoliosis treatment with an orthosis for their back um, Uh and then knee braces, let's say for sports injuries and all the way down to the little tiny toes, of course, with our our clubfoot cuties. Uh And then a prostatist is an individual that is trained and certified to treat any amputee. Um, so whether it be an upper extremity limb loss, um, a prosthetist would take care of that patient. And then same thing goes for lower extremity. If you lost your, your foot or your knee or wherever the amputation might be, you would be seen by a prosthetist for your care. So some individuals are certified in one discipline uh-huh. but now, since our industry moved to a master's level. Um, education. When I went, it was not master's level. I was a certificate, postgraduate certification. Um, With master's level, everyone is trained in both orthotics and prosthetics. So almost anyone joining the field now is certified in both.
0: Okay. All right. Well, that's a a clear understanding of the differences between the two. So I appreciate you taking the time. It sounds like most clubfoot Families are going to be dealing with orthotists because they're the ones that deal with the brace, right? That's absolutely
1: correct. Yep. So you'd most likely be seen and treated by an orthotist, certified
0: orthotist. Great. So, how did you begin working with clubfoot families?
1: Yeah, I'm first introduced to clubfoot families by way of the physician referral. So, as a part of the healthcare team, we are sent prescriptions from the prescribing physician. And then that's how we're actually connected with the patient and their families. Mm -hmm. And again, we're just a part of that patient's clubfoot journey. um, And we are an incredibly important part to that journey. Right. We don't do the casting per se, but you're going to be seeing us for a long period of time afterwards because right. of course your your clubfoot cutie is growing Um, so we are a part of your world for a long period of time. and I always start my initial conversation with my clubfoot families like we're going to be friends <laughs> we're going to see each other a lot which is That's a- good okay.
0: yeah, yeah I like that yeah you guys are going to be in a long-term relationship
1: Absolutely. And it's sad when they graduate from treatment too. It's like been treating you for so long and they're all done. And it's like, oh, kudos to you guys. You made it.
0: I know that, that, that idea is kind of bittersweet because you're ending a longer relationship, but you're also so happy that they are, you know, that they're moving on in their journey and no longer having to brace. I know.
1: Yeah. That breakup is hard.
0: For sure. (laughs) And So it sounds like, I think what people don't understand is because I, and people know this on the podcast who listen, Mm -hmm. I didn't deal with an orthotist in our original. So when we went from casting to, um, to the boots and bar, we didn't have an orthotist wasn't a part of our team at our hospital. And so when I started to do more work, like through the book and the podcast and just other education, I was like, wait a second, wait wait, there's, there's something else here that I didn't like, I didn't realize, like we had people Mm -hmm. that fit the boots and most of the time for us, that was a physical therapist. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think that it's important for parents to understand that, that, that there is this other, that that's what the role that you guys play is that there are these certified orthotists that are, that some hospitals or like you said, prescribing physicians use Mm -hmm. on the treatment team.
1: Yeah, it's a team approach. So, you know, you've selected your physician or your you know, pediatrician made that referral initially to maybe an orthopedist who uh-huh. specializes in club foot treatment. And then they're going to have someone that is the bracing expert. Uh-huh. Um, just as far as Hanger Clinic goes, you know, our certified orthotist or prosthetist, that's their scope of practice. So uh-huh. we have been trained specifically to fit those uh-huh. um, devices. Um, and understand clubfoot treatment as a holistic you know treatment modality you know Mm -hmm. it's in my scope to treat the boots and bars but it's not in my scope of practice to give the family stretches yeah Um, that's the physical therapist job so again you know it's a-okay that your your clubfoot cutie was seen by a physical therapist because Mm -hmm. that was your referring physician's team member
0: Yeah. I think it's interesting to think about the orthotist and how you said they, there's like, they write a prescription. It's kind of like, you know, um, for any medication, right? So they're writing you a prescription for the brace, like they would write for, if you go see your pediatrician and your kid's sick and they have to give you an antibiotic, right? So they're writing it. And then what you guys are do is filling it, right? You're, you're the ones that are, fitting it and maybe instead of filling it, but it's an easy way for me to kind of think about, okay, this is how the orthotist process fits in with treatment.
1: Yeah. It's like going to the pharmacist. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So your, your referring physician just wrote the prescription for an antibiotic and then, Oh, I need to go, you know, run over to the pharmacist and get the medication. And just like you kind of described it as medication. I also love to educate families in that same way. Like this Mm. is so dose dependent Mm. and and just like an antibiotic for an ear infection. You know, you're going to take this medication two times a day for the next 10 days. Not that my kids have, you know, ear infection. Yeah. 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 He does a lot, which is why I know that (laughs) so well. (laughs) Right. But but, uh, just like in clubfoot treatment, it's so dose dependent. So Mm -hmm. if we're not a team, if if the orthotist and or, you know, anyone in the allied healthcare world is not continuing to educate Mm -hmm. and press that this has to be worn for mm-hmm. your treatment um, mm-hmm. to be successful, mm-hmm. that is a big component of that first appointment with the yeah. family is just yeah. education, 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 and just making sure that we're a team together to get the best outcomes for their clubfoot cuties.
0: Yeah. So talk to us a little bit about what that initial appointment kind of looks like for you.
1: Yeah, so it's it's all dependent on when the physician needs us to intervene. Okay. So we can sometimes see patients in between their serial casting um, and measure them at that point and then have the device ready so that as soon as the last serial cast comes off, were prepared to fit them with their boots and bars at that point. Um, So there's no waiting for their treatment to start. Mm -hmm. You want to get into that boot and bar as quickly as possible after those serial casting, ideally same day initially. So that's kind of my first typical introduction is whether it's just measuring the family, Mm -hmm. introducing who I am as their certified orthotist and also kind of who Hanger Clinic is. You know, I'm unique and I'm embedded in a hospital. Um, You know, sometimes you may see a Hanger Clinic clinician outside of the orthopedics, you know, clinic. Um, And that's fine. Hopefully you're conveniently located to that clinician. And so that's usually your first introduction is kind of a measurement. Um, Mm -hmm. Or you're seeing them right after that serial cast, you're measuring if you're fitting the same day. Mm -hmm. So you could be seen for measurements The first introduction, or you could be seen kind of for that delivery appointment. Mm -hmm. Um, And again, it's all based on kind of when the orthotist intervenes, based on the physician's protocol.
0: Awesome. What What should parents expect during this first appointment, like their first initial contact with you? What um, What are kind of the key components that you try to? I mean, you talked about the education part. So, what part of that education are you really focusing on with parents during that first appointment?
1: Yeah, I think the first thing is, you know, again, repeating that this is dose dependent. Mm. Um, If we're not going to be wearing it, then it's not going to work. I tell them, like, it's not going to work sitting on the coffee table. (laughs) It needs to work on the feet. (laughs) So it needs to be on. So that's Uh number one. Uh (laughs) And then education on how to actually don or get the device on. I feel, you know parents feel so worried about if they're doing it correctly. And so a lot of the times I initially start the fitting appointment or delivery appointment by educating the family and I'm doing the fitting and showing them how they're going to be putting this on at home. Mm -hmm. And then once I've gotten the alignment correct, the tension of the straps correct Mm -hmm. and marked, then I am going to take it off. And then I'm letting the family practice at that point. And I tell them as simply, like, I don't go home with you. Okay. Mm -hmm. So I want you to be able to repeat this so that you feel confident when you are at home and you're like, what is, what side does it go on? You know, how does it click into the bar? You know, all of the things
0: that happen. The five million (laughs) questions that come up the minute you walk in the door.
1: (laughs) Absolutely. Yes. And so like, I want you to be able to repeat that while I'm there with you for good support. Um, and then follow up with questions after that, the gambit of questions, and again, going back over dosage, wearing schedule, what to expect, what you might see, and when you need to contact us again, and I just tell families, as simple as it is, I'm not going to know unless you contact me and I am your support. So please Mm -hmm. let me know if you do have any questions or concerns, because we can always make a follow up appointment um, and schedule something out so that we can ensure that you feel comfortable and confident with the treatment.
0: Yeah, that seems to be an overarching theme. I think I hear with any of the club professionals that I talk to, whether it's a surgeon or um, like you guys, the orthotist or physical, it's like, please, if you have questions, do not hesitate to reach out because we don't right. know unless you tell us, right? right. Yep. And I think as from the parent's perspective, it's difficult because we're so in it and we're like, mm-hmm. we don't want to bother anybody. And we don't know necessarily who we're supposed to contact or which part of the team is responsible for the bracing aspect of it. And yep you know, if I have a blister, who does that fall under, right? Mm -hmm. Like, is that my orthotist? Is that the orthopedic surgeon? Is that the, you know, the nursing, the nursing staff? Like, who am I supposed to call? So I think that's part of the reluctance I see with parents.
1: Mm -hmm. And I always let families know, you know, an uh, orthotist is most likely easier to get a hold of than the orthopedist. So if you feel like it's a question maybe for the doctor, but you're like, let me start with the orthotist. Like that's our, we can we can communicate that up the chain. And if it is not something that I can answer for them or it's out of my scope, then I go to my referring physician and say, hey, you know, mom of such and such uh, clubfoot cutie needs some assistance. Do you mind if your nurses reach out to them? So then, you know. I interact with them so much more frequently Mm -hmm. and they get probably an answer a little bit quicker, um, you know, sometimes because, I mean, the physicians are incredibly busy. So, but yeah, just ways of communication. If it's out of my scope, I'm going to go right to the next person that it is in their scope and then they can um, take care of that family.
0: I like that idea of the triage though. It's kind of like, Mm -hmm. okay, reach out to the orthotist. Then the orthotist can let you know, like if they need to, they can escalate it up. But don't just struggle. The whole point of this is don't struggle at home alone, thinking that you're like stuck in the hamster wheel of, I don't know who I'm even supposed to contact. Right. Right. We're all here to help and they all want to help you and they will help you figure out who it is. If you have a question of who you're supposed to contact.
1: Absolutely, and you know, back to it's so dose dependent. If mm-hmm. you end up having something that's like kind of red for a little bit, you don't want it to get to that blister point because yeah. you don't want to have to spend time out of the device. So if it's mm-hmm. getting close to that point, it's
0: like, okay, call the orthotist. You know, phone 100%. a friend. We're here for you. Phone a friend. I love that. Yeah, I remember that's how we never had a full blown blister, but we had right. red spots on the back of the heels mm-hmm. from I mean, day two. And so for us, it was like, uh, I did everything possible to try to prevent the blister from Mm -hmm. happening. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, And so we had to work with the team and we had definite follow appointments because we were like, okay, what do we do to help prevent this? And a lot of the time it's trial and error. Every baby's Mm -hmm. different. Every baby's skin is different. Everybody fits into, um, you know, the AFOs a little bit differently. So it's all just like, it's hard. And I think parents are resilient and they'll go and they'll ask other parents because we're all in it together. But there's mm-hmm. also sometimes what works for one parent doesn't right. necessarily work for another. And so that's it's really important to reach out to your medical team who's there mm-hmm. for your child individually to help. Right. Them. Absolutely.
1: Completely agree.
0: And I love the idea of the analogy of the prescription because the dosage part of it is even like, you know, your your child takes antibiotics and they start mm-hmm. to feel better. And you're mm-hmm. like, okay, cool. Like we're, we can be done. It's like, no, you need to finish the full course of antibiotics. And <laughs> yes. I think that's really similar. It just, I thought of it like, it's very similar with the bracing, right? Yep. Your kid seems fine. They're running, they're jumping. Like mm-hmm. my four and a half year olds can do everything that any of her peers can do. And so I think, It's easy to go, okay, I should be done. Like she doesn't need her brace anymore. Just Mm -hmm. like you think, do I really have to keep giving my kids antibiotics? Mm -hmm. But it's important to finish the full course of treatment. Absolutely. I
1: could not agree more. And really, reliant upon the physician's protocol on that. You know, there are different research right. papers that suggest different timelines, mm-hmm. but what's most important is the 23 hours a day at the beginning mm-hmm. until the physician releases you. And like you said, every club foot is different. You know, whether you're unilateral or bilateral, you know, the severity of the club foot, there's so many different pieces of that puzzle Mm -hmm. that may extend your treatment length of time Mm -hmm. or you know get you out sooner but it's not a like it's not a finish line that you want to get to too early okay it's a marathon it is not a sprint um and we have to be sure that we're complying with that physician's protocol because if not then again those outcomes could be compromised which is definitely not something that we want to even consider as, you know, as I'm sure you have as a club foot mom, you know, you don't want to think about like surgical interventions at five years old. You don't right. want to have to think about that. So just stick with the boots and the bars or your mm-hmm. physician's protocol. And most likely you'll have a really great outcome.
0: Right. I just think of myself as doing, <clears throat> sorry, everything possible to prevent that sort of To prevent any further interventions that's necessary. When I look back at this, I want to know that I've done everything possible. And if she relapses or there's some residual deformity, that I did my part. And at the end of it, I followed through with the course of treatment so that when and if anything happens, I'm like, okay, I did my part and what's happened now isn't, is outside of what I could control. Absolutely. And
1: that is the one thing that I would love for every clubfoot parent to know is Mm -hmm. that you're doing it and you're doing a great job. And if you need more support, like your orthotist is there to help with Mm -hmm. that. Because again, you're you're not alone and you can reach out to other clubfoot families, but if it's specific to the orthotic treatment and something's going on there, like we want to know to help support you. Our goals are the same. We want your clubfoot cutie to have the best
0: outcome. Um, So
1: pat yourself on the back, all the clubfoot parents, like you're doing it. You're doing a great job.
0: I know. I feel like we can't say that loud enough, right? I know. <laughs> just that simple encouragement. I think it goes such a long way with parents because when we're at home all the time by ourselves in between appointments, we we there's a lot of self-doubt of like, am I doing this right? Am I doing the right thing? Am I putting the brace on? Am I oh, adhering to the schedule? What if she's not in it for one hour because of this? You know, there's just a lot of... Um, that's placed on our shoulders. And I think like what you said, it's just so nice to hear from your medical team, like you're doing the right thing. And that acknowledgement that like so much of the burden falls to the parents at home. Mm -hmm. And sometimes all they need is just someone to see what their experience is and say, like, you're doing a great job. Keep Mm -hmm. going. Yep, absolutely. So from your perspective as an orthotist, working directly with these clubfoot families, what do you think is the biggest challenge that parents face when it comes to bracing?
1: All right. So from my perspective, as a teammate of your child's treatment, I believe, again, compliance, and you're going to hear me say it multiple times, but compliance and consistency of donning that device correctly is the biggest challenge. So research does outline that if a parent or guardian are not being compliant with their prescribed wearing schedule, the risk of regression is much higher. Um, In addition, the complexities of the deformity create challenges for getting the device on or donning it. Um, Plus that infant's foot is just so incredibly small and so cute and all parents are so concerned that they're hurting their infant. Um, especially when they're just squawking at you. I um, okay. you know when I am fitting a clubfoot cutie, if they're unilateral, I will always start with the unaffected side mm. so that when I'm educating and speaking to the family as I'm donning the device, they can hear me. You're not going to start with that affected side that just came out of the cast that's hypersensitive to touch and feel because it hasn't been felt or outside of that cast world for so long. If I start on that side, you're not going to hear a word that I'm saying Mm -hmm. because that baby will absolutely be crying Mm -hmm. Uh, and it's stretching. So I go to say as easy as, you know, it's it's like running a 10-mile run and coming back the next day, and you know you should stretch, but you don't really want to because mm-hmm. everything's just a little bit tight. That's the same thing with that foot. Mm. It needs to be stretched. Your child is going to squawk at you um, again, but remind yourself that the squawking is part of the game at the beginning. Mm-hmm it is getting it on correctly, getting it tight so that the deformity is held Uh um, and that we're not allowing it to potentially regress. we got to be really aggressive with that treatment at the beginning. Uh Um, And I promise you're doing it well. And I just tell you those squawks are actually thank yous. (laughs) Thank you, mom and dad. (laughs)
0: Yeah. Yeah. If only we could hear them as that, right? Like if only we could have some sort of transformation where you put in some headphone and the squawk turns into, thank you for everything that you're doing to help my feet, right? To keep this correction that was so hard fought for with the serial casting. That's what I tell parents all the time is I'm like, you guys worked really hard during that part you know during the casting phase and it's like now now it's it's daunting because so much of it is on you but it's also nice because there is a lot of control like you have Mm -hmm. you become an active participant and at least for me that was nice in a way because it felt like I was doing something like I even though it was it is hard to think like oh is my baby in pain? Are they uncomfortable? Are they not sleeping? Because, you know, it's like all those things that run through you. I, I wasn't immune to that, but there was this piece of like, okay, I get to step up to the plate and do something now. It's, it's not just all on everybody else. I'm a participant. And for me that helped. Absolutely. Yes. You're
1: relying upon the physician at the beginning stages, and then you get to be that kind of leader.
0: Yeah, yeah, you get to step into kind of this leadership role. Well, maybe yeah. you're not stepping into it, you're thrust into it. Like yes, yes. you're you being you're being told to do that. Yeah, yeah, I love that. I love when people say like you're you're not being you're not volunteered, you're voluntold. This is what yes. you're doing. Voluntold yes, wow. like, get in there, it's your job. And while it's so intimidating, there is this part of like for me, it was so just rewarding to be like, okay, I can do this. Like I can learn. And even though it was so overwhelming at the beginning, I think that that's the part that parents sometimes miss is it's hard. It's so hard, but at the Mm -hmm. same time, it's so rewarding because you get to be so active in their treatment. Right. Yeah. Agree. So what do you wish clubfoot parents knew? about the bracing phase of treatment specifically? Sure.
1: Yeah. So as an orthotist, again, I'm a part of your team
0: mm-hmm. um, and
1: we want the best for your infant um, okay. and or child, you know, depending on when they're coming in. Cause we can have, you know, a club foot being seen as, you know, just a part of the next steps after serial casting, but we can also see a patient that's maybe five years old, Um, and does have some residual deformity that needs intervention too. Um, So again, despite when you're coming in, we are all a part of a team. I'll go to say that despite the tears,
0: mm-hmm. yes, from
1: your baby, yes, from you as the parent, um, this process is absolutely tedious. Mm-hmm. Um, and unfortunately, like you will lose a night of sleep because you're stressed with that process, as you just you know alluded to. But again, you've got this. Um, and even if you need to re- return for an appointment for reassurance that you're donning the device correctly or that it's functioning correctly, like we are here to support your clubfoot foot cutie. Um, we are, can only help, again, if we are aware of the situation. So just being sure to communicate back to your orthotist on any concerns that you might have. And then practice, practice, practice Mm -hmm. practice in the office with your team providing that um, device for you so that you feel really confident getting home
0: yeah I think that practice piece is so I feel like you preach that so much to to your kids too right Uh, my eldest daughter is struggling with math and it's always been a struggle. And I'm like, the only way you're going to get better is the more that you practice. And the more that you practice, the more confident you're going to get. And the more Mm -hmm. confident you are, the more that you are going to feel like you have this. Right. Um, And I think (laughs) for parents, it's hard because they have this little baby. A lot of us have other things going on. Right. And we're like, wait, a second, like, how are we supposed, it's really easy to be caught up in the overwhelm. But if you just think to yourself, okay, I've, I'm going to practice this time. Every, every time you put the boot on is another opportunity to practice. And every time you practice, the more confident you're going to get in putting it on. Yeah. And confident. then it becomes like second nature, right? Right. right. It's
1: routine. It's yeah. so routine yeah. at that point. It's literally putting on a pair of shoes in the morning, just like we do for ourselves. Yeah. Um, yeah. It is part of the routine. Um, and it's, it's great when it becomes a routine mm-hmm. and you will get
0: there. <laughs> I think you, and I think that's the part pa- parents at the beginning. It's hard to think you will get there, right? You get to a get certain to. Point, And I think you get there faster than you think you're going to, you mm-hmm. know, um, you go like, okay, this is, I can't even imagine like, sometimes we're almost at the end of the road. So we're like, now we're starting to like, let ourselves go. Okay. What is it going to be like when nighttime does not mean putting on boots and bar. Right. <laughs> How is that going to change our routine? Because it's been a routine for five years at Mm -hmm. that point, right? Mm -hmm. So um, you will get there. And the more and every time, if you see every single opportunity to put the boots on is more practice and the better you're going to get at it. I think it's easier than thinking every time you're putting it on. I don't know what I'm doing. And I'm struggling. And I, you know, you feel like you're failing because you're like, I'm not doing this right. I don't know how to do this. And then you're losing confidence where you're like, every time let's just keep practicing that. Mm
1: -hmm. And it it happens at such a overwhelming time.
0: Yeah. You know,
1: you know, having a child is a huge change into everyone's routine, um, and you're learning so much about yourself, about your infant during that time frame, and then you throw a device and you throw something else at you, and it just feels so overwhelming. Um, but again, just knowing that us, you know, as your orthotist or as your allied healthcare partner, like we want the same success that you do. Um, and repetition is key, uh, at the beginning because you're just so overwhelmed with everything else, the feeding schedules, diapers, you know, yeah. everything that comes yeah. with just having an infant.
0: Yep. Just having that infant alone is such a learning curve. And then you throw yeah. anything else at it. It's going to yep. be, you know, icing on top of the cake. Yes, <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> so. I ask everybody this on the, on the podcast. And I was wondering, do you have like a standout special moment from your time working with clubfoot cuties? Sure.
1: Yes. I had to like really think about this question because we see a lot of clubfoot cuties, but um, I recall a patient's family. um, And this was during COVID And they were reaching back after I had fit their um, Clubfoot cutie with their boots and bars, but they didn't wish to return to the office because of concerns with COVID, of course. This is right right at the beginning stages of the pandemic. And I completely understood. I'm like, I also just had an infant during COVID. So like, Mm -hmm. I don't want to take them outside of the house in fear of, you know, the unknown. And so we set up a telehealth visit um, so that we could you know, video chat with one another. And I've been treating Clubfoot for many years prior. um, But seeing the parents, quote, quote, struggle, you know, it wasn't a struggle per se with getting the device on, but they were in their home. Mm. it just felt that much more real to me that like, my device is going home with a family and seeing it Mm -hmm. in the environment where they have to work with it on a day in day out basis really made it feel more real. Like I am impacting this patient's life. Mm -hmm. Um, And that just feels so joyful to be like, I am helping this family. But anyways, they were just asking because they didn't know if they were putting it on correctly so we set up this telehealth and they put it on in their own home environment i got to watch it you know mom's consoling baby dad's putting on the boots and the bars baby's squawking again I'm saying they're saying thank you remember they're saying thank you um, mm-hmm. and they did it successfully but they just needed reassurance that they were doing it correctly and again I think that was just a standout moment because again I see him in the office I see him in a clinic setting it doesn't feel as real as what it does when you bring the boots and bars home um, and you're going through that process. So again, I just love seeing that I was a part of that child's journey and again, being supportive to that family. And that's the reason why I love what I do. I'm a big part in this role for them.
0: Yeah, that's wonderful. I love that memory. I think there is something special about being able to see into their world. It's like being able to kind of open that window, going, oh, like this is what they're dealing with at home and how that might be different than what they're telling you. You know, it's kind of like the way you parent your kids in public versus the way that you're parenting <laughs> your kids at home. You know, you're oh, absolutely put on. So when the parents come <laughs> to the doctor's office, they're going to be like, you know where they come to your clinic and they're you know they're meeting with you for a follow up they may not be as real with you as they right. would be in that virtual appointment yeah. right? when they're yeah. in their own environment and mm-hmm. they're trying to figure it out yeah. so i think that's such a wonderful just moment
1: absolutely and it's so real in mm-hmm. that you know you we as the orthotist we see again just almost a um a more perfect view of the experience
0: yeah
1: you know we're seeing the icing on the cake they want to just like anyone you want to do the best and so you go in you put on your your best foot forward no pun intended yeah Yeah. and uh you 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 might glaze over the reality at home and again this family just wanted reassurance. And again, I got to see them do a great job at home. And that to me made made me feel confident in what I was doing for their education. Right. Um, And they understood the treatment and the importance of it. And then again, it was so real. Mm -hmm. Um, I got to see it in their own environment. Um, And again, they were doing a great job at it. yeah. So
0: it was just a
1: win-win, win-win
0: for everybody. Yeah, Like a little clubfoot cutie in the wild, got to see yeah. it at home. <laughs> I love it. Just in the wild. There she yeah. is. Yeah. There, there they were. The parents oh, they do exist cute. outside of clinic. <laughs> yeah. Cause you know it, but you don't really think about it. Right. It's like, you don't you don't think, it. I don't, I don't think about my doctors and how they have like a life outside of being a cute. doctor. Right. You just yeah. don't. It's like how my kids look at me and think like I'm their parents. I don't have any other existence other than their parents, right? Right. And so it's nice when you kind of are able to like theoretically like pull back the curtains and be like, oh, wow. Like we're seeing people in in their wild environment. Yes, exactly. And there is beauty in the mess. And I think that people need to, if you need the reassurance, like what I'm learning from this conversation and a lot from what you've said is like, Parents, don't be afraid to bring your real to the actual appointment. Right. Sure. I'm a type A person. I've always gotten good grades. I'm like, I want to come in there and show you how great I am. Right. But the reality is if I'm not being real, I'm not going to get the support that I actually need. Right. Yeah. And, so and that's the, that's okay. the
1: yeah, absolutely. That's the first thing that I ask families. Um, you know, is not how the boots and bars are working, but how are you doing yeah. Yeah. first? Like, how is it, like, be real with me because Mm -hmm. I can do a better job if I know the real life in the wild situations that are happening so that I can better support you. If I don't know, then I can't support you. Um, So yeah, starting with that question always first and then going into, at that point, the concerns with the actual device. You know, we're in in it together. Yeah. More support we have, better.
0: I love it. I think it's good. So if someone is listening in your area and looking for an orthotist or even just wants more information about Hanger, where should they go?
1: Yeah, thank you, Maureen, for asking that question. Um, So Hanger is nationwide. So we have over 800 facilities throughout the United States. Um, Some have pediatric specialists inside of those offices and some do not. Um, So since this is a specific diagnosis, of course, it is pediatric based. Um, you can be seen by a pediatric specialist. So if you go to hangerclinic.com, our website, um, there is a find a specialist button that you can actually use. And then you can type in your zip code to see if there is a pediatric specialist within your geographic location. It does create a radius of 100 miles from your zip code. Um, so again, just like you're probably potentially traveling to an orthopedist, a uh, specialist in treat treatment for cub foot, you know, we also hope that you can find a specialist in your area. But rest assured, like if you do not have a pediatric specialist in your area, as a certified orthotist. You are also; those clinicians are also trained in clubfoot in our education, so they are highly skilled to treat your child. If they're not, quote unquote, a pediatric specialist.
0: Okay. Well, great. Well, thanks so much for being here today, Shannon, and being a guest, and being our first orthotist. I'm so happy that you were here. I loved our conversation. I think there are so many really big takeaways for parents listening and. I just really appreciate your sharing all your expertise with us.
1: Well, thank you so very much. I love being the first. (laughs) So this is just fantastic. (laughs) I I really, I really appreciate it. You know, we see so many clubfoot cuties in our office and we just hope the best for them. Um, And we do that in ways of communication, um, support and collaboration. Um, And that is the key to the success of your child. So we enjoy it and we love what we do.
0: Wow, absolutely. Well, thank you so much. And as always, thanks for listening. And if you like this episode, please share, subscribe, send it to anyone that you think would really benefit from it. And if you need to get in contact with me, you can do so through my website at maureenhoff.com or my Instagram at clubfootchroniclesmom. Until next time.